uh, it is a privilege to start a new series called Living Together. So prepare, we're building another building where we're going to all live together uh, when the Lord comes. It's a lovely series because we'll be looking at the relationships. Easily, the relationship that we use, engage with purpose, uh, friends and family, um, you know, people that are, um, you know, strangers to us. And today we're going to start by looking at living together as believers who believe in the purpose that we were created for a purpose, that is, we are made for a community. And it is fitting as we listen to all these stories Imagine if we did not have a community, what would it be like for them to have that personal relationship with Jesus? It would be boring, nothing to publicly declare, but as a community, it's great that we kick off and start with that this morning. So, <clears throat> it's so important that we kick off with that series simply because the rest of the relationship, if we got it right to understand the nature of relationship, then uh, we hopefully we can be able to deal with other type of relationship as well. You know, for, for those who might be in the modern era kind of mindset, when they read this passage of Matthew 5, they kind of uh, um, consider it, this passage, when Jesus talked about light, you know, the, the, the kind of metaphor of the lighthouse. So here it is. You are the light. And then Jesus said, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. There's two things going on in here. And for those with a modern mind, that kind of you, they think of something that stands out. Some churches use the lighthouse uh, to be the lighthouse in a community. And it is fitting and it's great. But let's dive in and, and, and look at these two because it's really important here. Um, it's important if I get my classes on, then I can read my notes. When you consider, look at these two here from a distance, when you look at it, um, actually, it has another picture probably coming up shortly. When you look at the distance, both the, 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 the lighthouse and the city on a hill, if you imagine looking at those two together, you can see they both um, giving and shining light together. But that's where the difference is, that's where it ends. They're both giving out lights. With lighthouse, what you see is pretty much what you see. A stand-alone um, kind of structure that sends off light as a warning signal uh, of danger. But it's, the city is quite different. Cities do not do so intentionally. It just happened that there is light. But cities, if you think about it, cities are a hub of, of linking activities that are happening there. You know, they're complex, you know, sort of living network of people and building and roads and, and utilities and like. It seems like it's an interconnecting. If you go back to the previous, the previous slide, the city, if you keep pondering on it, it's, it's, it has, you know, a particular to their geography, their history, their economy, and their industry, and the likes. A consistent, constant state of becoming a city. People come and people go. New buildings are built and some are demolished. New businesses are started while others are closed. And the layer networks of a city are so dynamic that when you start to look at a city with a connective lens... When you're looking at it, we actually come to see that the lighthouse in itself 
is in fact an extension of the city. The lighthouse is not really a standalone beacon, it's thought in a modern era, but it, it seemed to exist because of, of and for the sake of a larger network serving as an emissary inviting sailors back to civilizations. In this way, individual person exists in the context of a larger social network, if you like, and we do not want to lose sight of that tension. That tension is that there is basic tension is between a part of a whole, if you like. Networks provide context and relational meaning to individual, individuals. So, what you would, you know, what would you take to develop, if I ask the question, a theological vision that kind of enhances life in community and as a community? Well, although a lighthouse can be a nice place, good place for us to go for a holiday and retreat, to get away, it is not a greater metaphor in some way for imagining a life in God's network kingdom. A better metaphor, if you think about it, is really the idea of a city. Imagining following Christ is a city. Walking in the way of Christ is, is so inherently relational, as we heard this morning. To follow Christ is to link up with God through the power of the Holy Spirit and to link, as we learned last week, you love God and love your neighbors. So you link with, the, with God through the Holy Spirit, but also link for the power with the, the ever-becoming people of God, the city on a hill, and it's about linking. A man dropped by uh, this week on Thursday morning, just wanting to check out our church. He, um, he just recently moved here from in the state. He came with family. And he said this to me over the phone, and then later when we meet in person, you know what, I am a very relational person. I just don't want to come to church. I am relational. I want to meet and, and do life with people. And I say, I love that. Because what he said kind of set the tone of what I'm going to share about this morning. And as leaders of this church, we are interested in relationship. Both a one-to-one -one relationship and the clusters of relationship that form a communal identity. So as we launch into this new series here, just keep that background, theological basis in mind as we talk about loving together in other relationship. So what is in the personal relationship? What is your theory of, of relationship? How do you understand the dynamic of in the personal relationship clustering together in the formation of community or communal identity? Let me talk about relationship using the term link. Links are relationship. It's just that simple. So when we're looking at a, at a, at a network map, uh, you know, the line that connecting any two nodes in there, and the, it's, 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 it's a link. It's simple, simply a link. So it's visual demonstration of the relational connection between person or things. And I'll show you shortly. So most of the time when we talk about interpersonal relationship, we think of, of the one that we usually do life with. We, we think of our family, we think of our friends and, and, and our workmate, and sometimes we think about the congregation. But rarely do we consider the, 
nature of the relationship in itself. So at a basic level, to have a relationship is to have a connection to something other than self. Martin Luther King Jr. said this, as an individual, an individual has not started living until he can rise, rise above the narrow confine of his individualistic concerns to the broader concern of all people. Speaking of the nature of relationship, we're going to use the word link for a moment. We're drawn from the mapping of the layers of the city that we've seen before. A link is, as I said before, is simply a relationship. So when we look at a network map, the lines that are connect, connecting any two nodes are simply just a link, relationship. In Melbourne, we use the city link, we use the west link to kind of connect towns and connecting highways and link them together. A link is a visual demonstration of a relational connection between personal or things. Martin Buber, a, uh, an Austrian-Israeli Jewish philosopher, has proposed two, two primary types of relationship that every person needs for human flourishing. First is the I and it relation, as you can see here. When we relate with an animated object, like a mug or a mobile phone or a car, it's obvious that the link is an I and it relationship. The relationship is not in some way reciprocal. You and the mobile phone simply can't do what you do with your partner, with your friends, with people. You know, sometimes people do. They seem to have a better relationship with their car than their partner, or the other way around. However, we can also say that we can have an I-it relationship with people. I don't have to explain it. You know it. Probably an experience at work or wherever where you can be with people, but there's no connection or relationship. It's almost like you kind of treat that person like an object, an idea, conceptualizing that as an it. And there's a second relationship. There is an I and you. Martin Buber then draws our attention to the I and you relationship, which stress the mutual, holistic connection between two human beings. We're living together or linking together. It's a genuine, um, you know, in contrast to, and, you know, to being objectified, the kind of encounter you have with them without any qualification or one another. Not even imagination or ideas play a role in this relation. We simply just connect into life with the other person. And I and you relationships seem to lack any composition of structure that kind of similar to how we treat an object, a car, or whatever. And if you're like me, then maybe you have had a moment when you are with someone Maybe someone that you've known for a long time, or even someone you've just met, and something almost just happened mysteriously, as though the two of you have connected, you feel being heard, you think being known and appreciated, and that's the kind of I and you encounter he was referring, referring to. But there's also a third. He talked about a we 
us relationship. Now we turn our attention to that, which explains some kind of share identity uh, that comes from multiple nodes of linking, uh, linking together to form a we, relations. Our faith communities, as we have today, you know, are, are not simply a one-to-one relational encounters. We have shared values. We have shared sense of we. And this we identity is not, you know, it's not exclusionary, us versus them, but it's differentiated. So we for the blessing of all. And the Apostle Paul and the Apostle Peter speak of this formation in the early church about this attained identity. He said, but you are not like death, for you are a chosen people. You are kingdom of priests, God's holy nation, his very own possession. And this is so that you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness. Once you were not a people, but now that you are the people of God. Once you were a people, but now that you are, that's the identity. God's mission is more than just a salvation for individual. It is also the formation of people who participate with God in the, you know, the reconciliation of all that we read in the, in the epistle and the recreation of the world. This has already happened and yet to happen. And then we find that Jesus, when he prayed in John 17, this was a we together kind of prayer. You know, he was, he was talking about when he prayed, the disciples, he said, we pray that they will be one as I and the Father are one. And because the Father is in me and we and I am in him, may they be together. It's bringing that kind of we together. God opens up God's own being to make room for everyone to be together. Andre Rublev wrote an icon of the Trinity sitting around a table with an open space at the table for us and the incarnation of God in Jesus Christ, a place that sat before us, creation in God's table. We refer to it as an open we. An open we, because the people of God are not sealed together, are not sealed group of elect holy men and women that are stand apart from a culture and society. It is not just a group to the elite. It's not just for those who have been attending church for a long time, just a group for church people. It is an open table for all who wants to be at the table with the Lord. So keep that in mind because Jesus, when he came, when he started his ministry, he established the first kind of Trinitarian and open we kind of community that model something for us to learn this morning, which comprised only of a few people, not 1,000, not 500, not 100, but selected 12 disciples, 12 people which explains something about the power and the necessity of the kind of relationship that I want to focus on this morning in small group settings that are intimate, that are relational, that are empowering, that are transforming, something you don't often find amongst when the 
God's people gather in a big context like today. And that open we is foundational to the kind of relationship that we are interested here at Wellby Baptist Church community, especially for our life group. So let us throw some practical as, you know, it's the, the practical application as we look at these two aspects of the Werribee Baptist Community Church. If you're visiting us for the first time, just bear with me and just talk about the life here. Firstly, two things only, and I'll close from there. The Werribee Baptist now kind of snapped us of where we are, and the Werribee Baptist visions of hope multiply yet to come. You know, our numbers are great here. We're getting new people coming. We are, you know, we, we're so grateful that we have almost every week we have new people coming. And I, I rarely, I see a week, one week go by that we didn't have new people joining us here or online. And that is just so beautiful. But let's look at this for a moment and, and see what's happening here. We have a group of connected groups and individuals just floating around here. We have a little cluster here, and we have kind of cluster somewhere, a different cluster here. This is where we Baptist right now. And you can see that there is even some of these groups here we're working towards to try and, and connect it and linking as part of our call to work together. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a working in progress. But as you can see, this in some way may not be the perfect picture. just shows the Sunday morning, if you like, what happened at most time. And this is what it looks like that we have. And we're so grateful that if you're, if you're one of those people who've been coming here uh, in the last six months or since we opened up, we're grateful that you stay on. And we appreciate being a part of our community here. As I look around the room, let's say if we have, if I count very quickly, I think we have 399. We have 400 people, including your, you who are joining us. Let's say if I ask you a question, you can turn around and name all the people, 20 people living around you, and name them all. My best prediction is this. We might not have anyone that will be able to name those 20 Maybe some would name 15, some will do 10 and 5. And sadly, if you look around, whoever's sitting next to you, in front of you, there's a high chance that you do not know that person that sits in front of you or next to you. Well, if you're here this morning and you feel kind of lonely, feel isolated or different or missing out, or maybe you just don't feel it way. it's okay. But for those who does, as a church, our hearts, our concern are for you who might feel that way, like a missing link or a broken link, if you like, or disconnected, and for whatever reason. But we want to be intentional about linking you. We want to be so intentional about helping you connect it to the open we that I shared earlier on. We simply don't want Wellwood Baptists to be just like other communities that we belong to. Something you don't know about me. I just got this delivered especially for me this week. If you ask me, 
maybe for only some of you who don't know the kind of community they belong to. I can hear Stan. <clears throat> Sorry if it's offensive for some of you. But I say it with pride and also with pain. <laughs> I hear that. Yes, yes, I know. I know some of you are just saying, ha, ha, ha. I say there is pain. How do you know that I'm a supporter? Because I wear this and I scream when my team win and I cry and depress when my team go down. Now, there's another side of the story here. If you ask me, do I know the coach? <laughs> I don't know. I've been back for the Pines for 20 years, 20 plus years. I really don't know the coach. I know there's a Buckley at some point. If you ask me, do I know the, the captain? Yes, I do. I don't know his name, but he's kind of a skinny guy, good looking, <laughs> muscly, look like Brett Thomas. <laughs> and if you don't know Brett Thomas, guys, He'll be at the back outside with a folder. We're signing you up to come to the men's breakfast next week. You know the captain, which I don't know his name. Look for that guy. He'll be out there. And when you sign up and pay your $10, then take a photo with him <laughs> after. By the way, it took me over 20 years to finally get something that is pies. And, and buy this especially for me for, for next week, $5, the op shop. <laughs> I don't know whether I become passionate about it or not. Now, do you get the moral of my story? If you didn't, could that be any different to our sense of belonging to the body of Christ? You see, Werribee Baptist Church is your community. You come here and you tell people, I go to Werribee Baptist Church. You sing, you participate in worship, you give your tithes. You pray, you kind of feel that you belong to this church, and yet you have no idea who the person sitting next to you. It's just like how I connect and how I feel as a calling with supporter. I'm just a fan. I don't feel connected. I feel lost. I don't care. If I get to know my fellow supporters or not, it doesn't mean anything to me. In fact, I'm okay to be on my own. And yet the Bible say, it is not good for a man to be alone. And God created a helper. <clears throat> According to Ecclesiastes, it said two is better than one. When one fall, the other one pick the other person up. We heard last week, love your God and love your neighbors, love yourself. And then Jesus said again in another context, love one another in John 17, that pick up that wholeness of who we are as a community. We are part of a whole, members of the body of Christ. And Paul picked it up in Romans, that we are one body with different members. Members of the body do not disconnect it. It is connected to form that we. And the service is finished. My next move is happening, and there I am I at the door, and I move on. And I'm on a rust. And before you know it, you miss that chance for meeting and connecting with another person. You came as one who is lonely, and you walk out as those as the same person who is lonely. You miss that opportunity for connection. 
You just missed that opportunity. These two people waited for long, then finally they stopped, check out this opportunity. Let's listen to their testimony. Dean and Daniel. Ready? <laughs> Hi, my name is Dean. Hi, my name is Danielle. Uh, so we started uh, visiting Werribee Baptist Church just before COVID um, with a couple of friends, they invited us. When COVID finally ended, we came back and just sort of kept to ourselves because that's what we've always done. Then one day, Pastor and OK um, introduced us to Jemima and we just got along so well. I think we talked for about two hours yeah. and had lunch together and we realised that, hey, Friends are pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> From there, Pastor Inike, he put us together with some other new people and formed a life group. And it was really daunting for us at the start. Um, but from there and from our many times together, it's been fantastic making new friends and just doing life together, being able to talk to each other when we have issues, if we have problems, you know, we're all there for each other. We'll help each other out and pray for each other. And it's it's really been amazing. Different. Literally, be... if they weren't in our lives... It's a great part of our life, though. It's a big huge. part of our life. Without them, like, our life just wouldn't be the same anymore. No. Even though we thought, you know, we could do it before, we yeah. really can't. <laughs> so if you are new to church or if you've been here for a while but you're feeling unconnected, you should really go ahead and join a life group because it will change your life for the good. <laughs> I thought that was yeah. good. As I said earlier on, last six, seven months, eight months, ten months, we keep having new people coming to this church. There's something about this church. Don't know why, but they're coming, including migrants from overseas, diversity of people. I just want to say that if you're not connected, connect group, life group, changes life. Just hear this another story of something, how life could have changed the life of this person here, Amelia. Hello, my name is Amelia Lim. I've been attending WBC Church since I immigrated to Australia in November 2021. Because I came to Australia because my husband passed away and both my adult children are here in Australia. When I first stepped foot into WBC, the first person to greet me was Sister Jo. She was very kind, she welcomed and accepted me. Thank you very much, Sister Jo. However, I still felt like an outsider, not knowing how I would fit in and have a sense of belonging in this church. Until I joined the life group a few months later, where Pastor Inoki invited me to the transition group meeting for newcomers. And that group helped me to meet up with new people. As a new arrival migrant, a person who has lost a loved one, and a newcomer to this church, it is at the life group that I started to have a sense of belonging. I have genuine and closer relationship with diverse people and I experience a growth in my spiritual life. My life group is also my family. I have grown in faith through our weekly studies. I've been encouraged to join ministries and I look forward 
to our weekly life group meetings. I would like to encourage anybody who is a new migrant, a newcomer to the church, anyone that is lonely and isolated to join a life group. It is a decision that you will not regret. It has changed my life and it can change yours too. Life is transformative. Life is hospitable. But I want to put this in a challenge to all of us, and I mean all of us, because what I'm going to say if the rest of this sermon here speaks of our vision to multiply hope through life group. Let's just imagine, for example, what I saw before, that all our life group, of the 400, converts into 40 groups of 10 or 12 and you work out your mess. That every, at the end of the year, in 12 months, that you get to connect to other groups. Let's just imagine that 40 life group together, serving together, they go beyond their regular meeting to do something. And I know their groups are starting to do that. Let's imagine everyone connected. And yes, we might still have some loose one here. But can you see how the slinking hub of God's people, the open we, can make a difference? For where it be Baptist Church, I tell you, if, it is not, if that's not the church you want, that's the church I want it to be. Where it be Baptist Church, that we can have that dream that our groups will multiply so that it does make a difference, so that we don't walk out the door and walk outside, walk through here and out, and having to experience what I experienced as a bomber supporter. Is that a kind of church you want to be? That whatever you get up and ready to come to church on a Sunday morning, you're excited. You're excited to come because you, you, come, you know the people that you come to fellowship with. And there's so much more that you can do so that we don't see each other as an eat, as an object, but as a person. Imagine if I haven't been, you know, let's say that I just come up with an idea or that something's in my heart and I ask then at church council that I want to do something radical but seem silly. It's this, maybe we can put a website, a notice on a website and our social. We put a big sign out on the entry door and outside on the window that says, no more newcomers. We are not accepting any more newcomers to Werribee Baptist Church until all our regulars get to know each other and get to connect one to one another, until then, then we're going to let new people coming in to this church so that when you come, you don't get to see what you see now. Instead, you get to see and experience a church where members is not sitting next to an object but a human being that our members knows everyone by name, more friendlier, more connected, more hospitable than ever. Is that the kind of church that you want it to be? That's the kind of church that I want it to be. Imagine what that will be like. Maybe the church council said, just get out of here. That's rubbish. Hey, let me wrap this up because the time is running up. By saying this, a challenge before us. Many of you are probably saying, I'm too busy for that. I already have friends, have kids. I'm already involved in ministry. I don't have time for that. I have bad experience in the past. I don't trust people. I don't like groups that keep splitting. 
I want a group to stay together. I want to lead the group. Relationship is personal. I don't need anyone else. I want to lead a group, but I don't know how. Just have a listen to one more story of Daniel. Hey, my name's Daniel, and I lead a life group here at Werribee Baptist. When, he, when Inoke asked um, for, you know, if anyone was interested in possibly um, facilitating a life group and leading a life group, um, it wasn't really something that I was looking to do, but um, yeah, it was something that I felt, I was like, well, why not? I think, I think God's given me, you know, certain skills um, to be very organized and facilitate that. So I prayed about it, I spoke to Pastor Inoke, and I was like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, so being in a life group um, has been really great. Uh, you build really great friendships, um, genuine friendships, as well as being able to study, study the Bible, um, look at different passages, and yeah, really grow in your faith um, through, yeah, through interacting with, with other Christians in a life group. So for me, being leader of the group, um, I know personally I can be very selfish when I pray. I just pray for myself. So being leader um, kind of forces me to pray for people outside of myself to think bigger, um, which has really grown me in my prayer life, as well as just using the gifts God's given me. Um, you know, it's, it, it was a challenge, but I think stepping out in faith and praying about it, making sure I got good advice um, has been really beneficial. So being a life group leader doesn't mean you have to have it all figured out um, or even have a lot of experience. Uh, for me, I'm, I'm one of the youngest uh, people in the life group. But it just means, uh, yeah, you're willing to facilitate a group, um, you're willing to pray for the group, and you're willing to grow in your faith and grow in the skills God's, give, God's given you. So if you've ever thought about leading a group, or maybe you've never thought about it, I'd just encourage you to pray about it, speak to one of the pastors, um, and yeah, you may, you'll never know who you might meet. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I want to thank all those who, are, who, are, who gave their story, and I know there's a lot more story that could be shared. But I want to say this there was Jesus' model, it's not the only model. He did not establish a group from the elite inside. He took a sample of those who considered themselves outsiders, whether newcomers or someone disconnected. He formed a group and he established that group and he found a leader within that group. So it is possible. If you think you're a new person here, listen to Daniel's story. Okay, thanks once again. But if you're one of those that have those, those circumstances, I don't want to use that excuses, that you have a, ch a child and you're busy and all of this and that, I want you to know that I hear you loud and clear. But I also want you to hear me loud and clear as well. Life Group is not a program. Life Group is not a stands idea or the church council and pastors' conceptions that we just came up with. Life Group is not a human initiative, not even about numbers as well tell you what life group is. Life group is born of the very being of God. Very being of God. And he invites us all to come to join him at that table, which he shows that Trinitarian model of what it means to be at that table that we are created, that community that we are created 
to belong to and connect into life together. When Jesus told the parable about the invitation to the feast, the good to those who couldn't attend because they all have excuses. Instead of blaming them and condemning them, I want you to hear me. That's not what I'm doing to get you, put you on a, a guilt trip here. Instead of condemning, Jesus' concern was not one of sin, but who is in and who is out. Who gets a dinner invitation for Jesus? Everyone is already invited. Everyone is in. The first question, the primary concern for Jesus is one of presence. Have we shown up or are we lost and missing? In closing, if you'd like to join a group and be a part of that we group that we are dreaming and we are vision, I want to encourage you after this service today, our group leaders, if you are group leaders, why don't you join me just to give, to, to, to applause those who have been leading group for some time. Some have led group for many years. Even though we just have new groups that people are dedicated and they love. Again, hear this story. There'll be some of them will be standing out there. If you want to join, you can join online. Go to our website. Our leaders will help you and get to know them. Speak to them. They'll help you to sign up. Um, then we'll help you to try and connect to a group. Let me pray. Loving God, we thank you for the opportunity to wind back to your word. Thank you for creating such a wonderful community so that we can feel belong to. As we gather here now, Lord, we experience what it means to be in that community. But help us, Lord, to live with those who live as a community together, they do life together, whatever that means, whatever that looks like. Lord, help your church. Help us be a part of building your network kingdom here in this church and beyond. So, Father, we thank you for the opportunity to, to worship together. And we just ask for your prompting in our heart and our spirit. Connect us together, Lord. Maybe we one. Maybe we ought to be one so that the world will know that we are your disciple by doing life together. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.